That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Ravenclaw played Slytherin a week after the start of term. Slytherin won, although narrowly. According to Wood, this was good news for Gryffindor, who would take second place if they beat Ravenclaw too. He therefore increased the number of team practices to five a week. This meant that with Lupin's anti-dementor classes, which in themselves were more draining than six Quidditch practices, Harry had just one night a week to do all his homework. Even so, he wasn't showing the strain nearly as much as Hermione, whose immense workloads finally seemed to be getting to her. Every night, without fail, Hermione was to be seen in a corner of the common room, several tables spread with books, arithmancy charts, rune dictionaries, diagrams of muggles lifting heavy objects, and file upon file of extensive notes. She barely spoke to anybody and snapped when she was interrupted. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and talk about how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 12, The Patronus. In this chapter, Harry starts his, quote, anti-dementor lessons, unquote, with Remus Lupin, which is, you know, like trying to learn the Patronus spell, okay? He learns how to do, like, the little wispy, but then his advancement kind of plateaus. McGonagall has the firebolt, and she is reviewing it for, like, jinxes and curses, and finally she gets it back to Harry. And he and Ron, so happy that they have the firebolt back, decide to make up with Hermione after the whole cat versus rat debacle, but obviously that doesn't last long, and right at the end of the chapter, shit all goes to hell. Whoops! Welcome to the restricted section. It's me, your Patronus. I'm here to protect you. I should kind of get at that. <laughs> you didn't come up in any of the quizzes I took. Okay. I tried many. <laughs> Wait, have you taken your Patronus um, quizzes? Not for a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Okay, I don't think... Okay, we'll get to that. I, I don't okay. think I have recently either. I have no idea. Okay, cool. Well, this is the restricted section. You made it to the right podcast. Today we're talking about... Chapter 12 of Prisoner of Azkaban, The Patronus. Is that the right number? Yep. I did that from memory. You did great. Thank you so much. Grace, what's up? Hi. Hey. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. I'm also very glad that we're having, as our special guest this week, Podsib Taylor. Howdy. Hello. How be you all? Oh, just regular. You know, just fine. We love the how are you doing question. (laughs) (laughs) We're all so good at expressing how we're doing. I always ask Charlie in the most sarcastic way possible, because we both know we're doing miserable. (laughs) That's a great lead into what was going to be my next question, which is you, the last time you were on the pod, you didn't have a podcast, but now you do. I guess I spoiled your news for you because I structured that sentence really weirdly. Will you tell us about your new podcast, which probably everyone's heard about by now, but just as a reminder. Yeah, so uh, 
Charlie and I, Charlie was on a previous episode, have launched Of the Eldest Gods right here on the Movie Night Crew Network. It is a read-along pod following the books by Rick Riordan. We're just starting The Lightning Thief in the Percy Jackson and the Lee Olympian series. And we're going to have bonus episodes along the way to really sort of celebrate diversity and people around us. So by the time you hear this, the last episode will be just a short one with me celebrating female authors for Women's History Month. So check us out. We have some exciting things uh, planned for Pride Month in June. Uh, Already getting those things underway. So come check us out if you... Haven't jumped into Percy Jackson before. We are a no-spoiler zone. Mm, It's the opposite of this podcast. Yeah, Yeah. it's... Charlie is not as great at it as I am, so there's a (laughs) lot of cutting out of Charlie just being like, oh, wait, that's a spoiler. And just like, yeah, yeah, it is. Charlie does what I do, which is, like, you say something and then you're like, wait, spoiler Spoiler alert. alert. It's like, that is just not (laughs) how spoiler alert works. It's just... Well, that's a I report, know. not an alarm. <laughs> yeah, I part of it's like I teach children, so I have a much more more of a filter of where to stop. Mm. Honestly, that's why part of why this podcast is all spoilers all the time because I I just don't think I could ever not yeah. say ev- like what can you imagine not trying to have to keep like Dumbledore dies and like whatever to yourself and then also but there's also like Harry Potter is more well known. It's true. Yeah, than most of Rick say. Riordan's books. Like, we have friends who are just going to be reading them for the first time along with us. Yeah. For sure. And I think, I think a lot of the network is too. So, you know, Grace and I work together at Brandy Lane Publishers and, um, we, the staff has like a little bookshelf of books that we like hope the rest of the staff will read. And yeah. I put the Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief on that. And so Grace read it last year. Yeah, I did. I really loved it. It's the only one I've read, though, so I'm definitely going to have to keep up with you guys. Yeah, so I reread The Lightning Thief last year, too, so I I need to reread the series, too. So that would be a good, fun summer read. I had just reread them over the summer, and then Christina had been, like, throwing around, like, the idea of bringing other fandoms onto the network, and we were having a happy hour plug for the Discord and Patreon and all that stuff. Wow, that's Um, a great segue to the next thing I'm going to talk about. Uh, We... (laughs) We were on it, and I just messaged Charlie. I was like, hey, I know it sounded like we were joking, but I feel like we're on the same page. <laughs> Doesn't so- every good podcast start as a joke? Because Mary Clay's That's What I'm Talking About definitely started as a joke. I was, yeah, because she started The Hobbit this week, and I was like, man, because talking about this pod and Late to the Party, also on the WB Network, like the only three pods I've ever started with. And mm-hmm. so it was just, it was just so great for Barry Clay to come back around and be like, starting over again. I'm like, uh. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to backtrack to when you mentioned Patreon, the Discord and the Patreon. I just wanted to like tell all of our listeners that I've restructured our Patreon. So there's new tiers. So maybe some things might be like a little more appealing to you now. So I'm just going to like real quick, we have. Four tiers, right? $1 a month tier gets you access to the Discord, and that's the whole network's Discord. You get access to Movie Night Crew and of the Eldest God stuff, too. That's literally $1 a month. Okay. The $5 a month one, what does that get you? I'm asking because I'm scrolling because I don't remember. Okay. For $5 a month, that's how you get our bonus episodes. Okay. We do one bonus episode a month, and they're always fucking hilarious uh, as, as somebody who listens to them, as somebody who's never been on one, they're fucking hilarious. I've 
I have cried listening to them. <laughs> so have I for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, we've done some like we did like a Valentine's Day one and we did like Trivial Pursuits. So they're very funny. And we have some really cool stuff coming up this summer that I'm excited about. We're going to review some some Harry Potter adjacent content um, like <laughs> My Immortal and a Harry Potter musical. Okay, I'm still reading a list as a reminder to myself. Okay, for the $10 tier, we do a monthly Zoom happy hour, which is very fun. And then at the $20 a month tier, you get to be a guest on this very podcast for one episode, every one book. That's one to one. That's not <laughs> one how math works. Ratio. <laughs> that's not how math works. But okay, so thank you for letting me read that list to you. And if any of those rewards sound appealing to you, they sound appealing to me too. That's why I'm offering them. And our Discord is super fun. It's the best. The community we have is just like so warm and friendly and creative. And it makes me so happy. And we just always want to be making it bigger and better. So hit us up. At okay, least that- once a day, somebody puts in our brag channel. The, the server, yeah. like, this it, server. it's always a different person, but it's always the server. So definitely, definitely come join it's us. It's just such a lovely place. Yeah, a lot of really good people, many yeah. of whom have been on this very podcast. Yep. Okay, before we get started, this chapter is called the Patronus. What would your Patronus be, do you think? Mm. Wish I had taken that quiz more recently. <laughs> I genuinely think that mine would be, like, a really intelligent, like, pit bull, like, like, Christina. Cute and scary and a little smarter than you think, but also... I think that's perfect. <laughs> I think that's perfect for you. I love it for you. I think it's great. I think... Do you remember the other day... Was it you um, who sent that, like, Twitter page with all the different bird names? Oh, yeah! <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I'd be, like, one of those one of those birds. I can't remember a name right in this moment, but, like, go the fuck away, bird. Yes. Or something like that. <laughs> And like all the different tits. I mean, so many different tit birds. So many I'd be one of those. Tits. Maybe not that one because well, <laughs> any tit is my patronus. <laughs> sometimes it's a any bird. Of them. Sometimes it's just a tit. <laughs> I feel like uh, when I've done yeah. it in the past, I've gotten like an otter before, but now I'm sort of oh, an otter. I'm sort That's of cute. I'm sort of curious. I'm gonna take it real quick. Okay, it is called the go-away bird. That's me. <laughs> That's my Patronus. I think yours would be maybe, like, I was gonna say a ferret, but, like, a, but like a nice, like, wild ferret, like, an, a stoat. <laughs> nice, wild <laughs> ferret. Wow. <laughs> or, like, a, or, like, a fox, like, one of those cute little, Aww, like, running okay. mammals. I'm, I feel like I'm failing this. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. I just reread... The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and one of the foxes gets turned into stone, and now I'm sad. Oh my god. Aww, oh, yeah, that's true. Wow, I haven't um, read that series in so long. And you know why? It's, it's been my since edition- third grade, so... Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. My addition wow. of the Chronicles of Narnia is that they're all in one single book, which Ooh. is an absolute nightmare to read. So yeah. I, I literally just got rid of it recently. I was like, I'm literally never going to open you. I'll get smaller ones. That's fair. Um, did you guys take the quiz? I, I'm working on it no. right now. I'm almost to the end. I literally just went back to our group chat to find the Twitter page. <laughs> and I did. I found it. <laughs> the go Honestly, please, can you please like include this in the show notes? I think it's really worth it's it. It's linked in the show notes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, I'm clicking and dragging to release for my Patronus. I am a rhinoceros. 
Wow. That's about that's as cool, opposite though. of an otter as you can get. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. A rhino is pretty cool. Or like that stupid ass rhino adjacent animal from Fantastic Beasts. I love that critter so much. What there it's the um um Luna's dad has in his house. Yeah. Do you guys remember what it's yeah, called? I know exactly what No, it's but about. I know. It's called in a rumpet. I was going to say, like, Mots is probably screaming at us on the other side. It's I called- know. No, Hi, Mots. It's- <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> it's called an erumpent horn. Or slash erumpent, oh. I think. I'm pretty sure that's right. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you're a rhinoceros. You're a tit. I'm a, a pit bull. No. Okay. I'm, I want to stick with go away bird, okay? Okay. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You're that's okay. A tit and or a go away <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. Cool. Well, let's get into the chapter, shall we? Let's so. It starts with the very last thing that happened is that McGonagall came and confiscated the firebolt. So, so sad. Yeah, Harry starts this chapter by being mad at her, but he knows she meant well, but, I mean, he's still mad. And she stops hanging around in the common room. I found this to be really incredibly sad. Over Christmas. Over Christmas. And they've all been friends for, you know, years at this point. And they're just gonna, like, fall apart like this? Come on, guys. It's one thing to, like, kind of be mad and ignoring your friend and, like, excluding, if you know what I mean, like, for, like, a day mm-hmm. while you, like, yeah. process your shit. But, like, this is, like, a marathon. This happens for, like, at least a week or two. Yeah, I mean, we get into February, right? At the, like, in this chapter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and this happens over Christmas, so Because that's a long they time. go, spoiler alert for the end of the chapter, they go to apologize to her, like, right, okay, all right, okay, wow. So they, I hope that's Lavender and Parvati are being nice to her. Me too. Oh, my God. Um, and, oh, my God, what's her name? Faye Dunbar and Faye Dunbar's friend. <laughs> Specifically Faye Dunbar's friend. <laughs> yes. So the rest of the school comes back from break um, after after New Year's, right? So Hermione was very alone for about a week there. Uh-huh. Right away, Oliver Wood finds Harry, and he's like, hey, bud, we need an action plan for this whole Dementor thing. And Harry's like, don't even worry about it. I'm on it. I'm working. Wait. What? <laughs> was was Wood literally getting ready to kick Harry off the yeah. team? <laughs> no, yeah, totally. He was... He was- <laughs> He was totally about to be like, fuck you, I want to win. Even though the chances of them winning without Harry... I think the chances of them winning anyway are very low, but... Fred and George made that very clear, okay? Yeah. I literally think that Wood went home depressed for Christmas, and I think he had, like, a lot of talks with maybe, like, a parent figure, maybe, like, a sibling figure who was like, you're the leader of this team, and if something's not going right, you need to fix it, okay? This is your responsibility. You're going to be in a career next year, so what's going to happen when something goes wrong? You need to fix it. And Wood was like, I'm taking action. I'm man of actioning. <laughs> I think he was about to kick Harry out. Because he says, he says, well, in that case, I really didn't want to lose you as a seeker. So <laughs> I was, he was about to, he about to get him out of there. What doesn't give a shit? Later in this chapter, he's like, I don't give a shit if Harry falls off his broom. <laughs> he does. That's a direct quote. <laughs> yeah, no, that, it's, it's great. Like, what a true, true leader. Mm. <laughs> At all costs. Inspiring. Yeah. So luckily, Wood doesn't have to fire Harry. I don't that's not what it's called. Bench him, right? Bench him. Right. But then Wood is like, you need a new broom. And Harry is like, let me fucking tell you literally what happened to me over Christmas with this fireball, the betrayal of my best friend, and we're super mad at McGonagall now in summary. 
Telling Oliver Wood that McGonagall is like the obstacle is the best thing Harry could have done in this situation. It is like out of his hands now, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. completely. Wood's like, I got it. McGonagall, she's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Wood is so cute. So cute of him to think that he had any power in that situation. He's like, me and old Minerva have a, have a understanding. No. Especially because he should know that like, if she didn't have to do that, she would not ruin any way for Gryffindor to win the fucking Quidditch Cup. Yeah. Like, That's she- the thing is, like, you know that she was taking kind of a hot minute, but you know she was like, we absolutely have to finish this by the first game of the season. Like, I'm not fucking around. Um, <laughs> Wait, what's Fli- Phileas? Yeah. Phileas. <laughs> Phileas? <laughs> That's a good name for when you're a little bit mad. That's true. I like it. So, also, Oliver Wood is like, bro, I don't even care that Sirius Black is trying to kill you right now. We need to get this firebolt thing resolved. (laughs) I have opinions about the friendships that Harry has in this book. I was on at the beginning when I was very angry about Hermione and Crookshanks. I continue Mm. to be very angry about Hermione and Crookshanks. My opinion has not changed. Once again, I completely agree. I know it's important for plot, but it pisses me off. So much. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just feel like there maybe was a way to get, like, the same plot things done without Hermione having to be, like, so fucking stupid about this cat. Yeah. At least the Oliver's story here is just, it's very on brand still for him. It is <laughs> on a, brand. It's, it's a dick it's move, in character. But... He's definitely a one-track mind kind of dude. Yes. Wow. So, so true. I wonder what his Patronus is. Wh- that's the thing, though, is, like, Oliver Wood is, like, not really Harry's friend. They don't yeah. hang, you know? Like, Oliver's his <sighs> captain. I almost said boss. Uh, he's his boss. It's <laughs> He's his boss. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I wrote your schedule, and here's your uniform. Basically. So we got kind of, like, a montage, you know, that we're, I mean, we're like, this whole chapter is kind of a montage, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't think we stay yeah. on the same pl- pace for more than, like, a page or two. Uh-huh. Um, it's, like, freezing, but they're first, um, they, so they go back to school, it's freezing, but Hagrid makes, like, um, a big salamander fire for them on their first lesson back. How fucking nice does that sound? That sounds really nice. I was gonna say, like, this, I actually want this lesson. A little coffee yeah. or, like, hot cider or something. And just the little salamanders or Hagrid, Hagrid is showing growth, but not enough growth. I think he was just cold and depressed. Well, because as a reminder, he wasn't at their Christmas luncheon. So he's been by himself and just like depressed and drinking for like a month straight. Yeah. It's not good. He needs a friend, an adult friend. Dumbledore's probably been talking to him, hopefully at least. And Sprout. Yeah. Sprout and Hagrid, I think, run into each other because they're both outside a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has he walked in on Sprout and Hooch? (laughs) <laughs> and, well, the greenhouses are transparent. You don't have to walk in on them. You just see them making out. <laughs> are the kids just, like, up in the castle with, like, a spell that makes them be able to, like, look into the greenhouse? <laughs> wow. That would be inappropriate, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't happen for sure. <laughs> it's like an extendable ear, but for your eyeballs. Yeah, it would be awful, but also teenagers are terrible. And would do that. Um, where are we? Oh, we're at divination. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ugh. They've moved on to palmistry. Guess what? Harry has one of the shortest lifelines Trelawney has ever seen. Didn't see that coming. I'm so surprised. You can see it in my face over <laughs> this audio medium. 
I think you can hear the same amount of sarcasm in your voice, honestly. (laughs) Have you listened to my podcast? This is my voice the entire time. (laughs) Your audio levels must be so consistent and gentle. It's lovely. (laughs) Can't relate to that. Um, Man, I really want to do like a series of bonus episodes where like, like I was thinking about it today. I want to do one that's just like, it's just called Snape. And it's like (laughs) someone who loves Snape and someone who hates Snape talk about it so andrew is coming on andrew with- and not me because i don't want to have that fight like i really i really hate arguing so much but like it always happens on this podcast <laughs> um and i was thinking trelawney would be a good one too like someone who yeah. like really thinks trelawney is dope and trying our hardest and versus andrew again yeah it's gonna be versus <laughs> andrew every time wow dumbledore that, yeah, I, dumbledore, you could definitely yeah, find someone sure. who like fucking hates dumbledore i am not a dumbledore fan Okay, there we go. All right, everyone, submit yeah. your thoughts on divisive characters that you think we could have a good old argument about. I feel like part of my hatred towards a lot of these characters just comes from being a teacher. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know but- for a fact you could be doing better at this, Trelawney. It's it's more just like the child endangerment part, just... <laughs> Slash psychological yeah. abuse. You're gonna die every day. If your teacher said that to you every day. I it's 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 hard for me to just swallow because I spend half of my day trying to convince kids that they're not worthless, and these guys are like, fucking die, I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry that's not funny, but I mean it it is very on brand for Hogwarts for sure. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten on the same rant on our show about how fucked up education is in general. It's it's the same in the U.S. where it's all fucked up. Hogwarts just took took what was actually going on in the school system and just turned it up a little to death and gave everyone magic, which always makes everything a little bit more of a shit show. Mm-hmm. A little spice. But someone who's not a spicy shit show, um, Professor Lupin. He's spicy, oh, but not yeah. a shit show. Um, his birthday was. Hold on, let me. <laughs> Professor Lupin's birthday. Is today the day this is coming out? Happy birthday, man. Yeah, it's his birthday literally to damn day. So, wow. Happy birthday, Lupin. Thank you so much for all you do, including being one of the first adults who's ever, like, truly, not just, like, nice to Harry, but, like, listens to literally the words that come out of Harry's mouth. <laughs> Thank you for being the only teacher at that school who's not psychotic. Because McGonagall is psychotic in her own way. Like, she's, she's got her own just stuff going on here. And Lupin's just like, man, I just want to get through the day like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, Lupin's the everyday man. You and know? here's, here's the thing is like, Lupin definitely cares extra about Harry because of the connection that he has to him that Harry doesn't know about. But I believe that if like any other student he had needed this help, he would have given it to them like yeah, happily. Definitely. Yeah, like, if I Neville so Longbottom had needed this, Lupin would have been like, okay, all right, all right, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, he's a good, good boy. So, Harry, after their first Defense Against the Dark Arts class, back for the semester, um, Harry reminds Lupin that they're supposed to start practicing Defense Against the Dark Dementors. Uh, uh-huh. And um, Lupin's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then, like, as they're leaving the classroom, Ron is like, wow, why does Lupin still look like shit? Like, he's sick all the time, almost in, like, a cyclical fashion with, like, almost <laughs> some kind of rhyme or reason to we it. We could almost mark it on a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> and Hermione makes some snarky little noise. What is, do you have, <laughs> what is, tuts. she does? Yeah. 
It's a Molly Weasley noise right there. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's like, well, isn't it obvious what's going on? And like, frankly, at this point, yes, it kind of is. They've had a lesson on it. So like, it should be obvious. They're not like, oh, hey, Hermione, like, wait, what do you mean there? They're like, well, what do you know? Fuck you, you stupid emotional girl. And she's like, fine. And she leaves. They're like, she was trying to get us to talk to her again. (laughs) And I'm like, you suck. I hate you. Well, it would have been a good tactic to try, but she also just knows, which is even better for her. She's like, hmm, huh, maybe if you had a brain between the two of you. (laughs) The other thing that makes me sad, if you think about it, like, it's almost cyclical with, say, like, chemotherapy and how you have that, like, cyclical sort of thing where you the person's yeah. just very weak, like, once a month around this. And I always think of that when I think about Lupin and how oh it can God. mirror that so well. Yes, that's crazy, man. And I'm just over here thinking about periods. I'm like, Lupin's mm. little period. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, definitely that if I just ha- randomly had a teacher who was looking sick like this, I'd be like, wow, they definitely have some kind of a chronic sickness. Yeah, can they just, like, whisk away cancer? Is that canon? We've talked before about how probably on the first day of school, all the Muggleborns, it's Madame Pomfrey's like, okay, I have some, we need to like, what's the word? Like vaccinate you guys, like, come on, like I got it. Inoculate. That is the word I was looking for. And it's like here, asthma cured, allergies cured, like everything. Here you go. Whatever Mm -hmm. you got, here's your potion. Must be nice. It must be nice. Hi, Mots. That's a test. (laughs) Every Hamilton reference. And then I have to pause and be like, is that Hamilton? What's my life? What am I talking about? Do I know anything? That, that's Hamilton, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, um, you're good, bud. Thank you so much. I always panic. And like, honestly, the last time I quoted Hamilton on this podcast, I misquoted it. I said, I'm not going to miss my shot, which is not the line. And that's been really plaguing me ever since. I like it's been oh, affecting no. me that I said it wrong. <laughs> that was like 10 episodes ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> So it's a lesson now. It's a Thursday. I wrote that down. I don't know if that's important. It's a Thursday. And Lupin arrives at their meet. They're, they're doing this in the history of magic classroom, which like, do you think Lupin asked Bins if that was cool? Like, why did they pick this so. room? I don't know. He said because it was big enough. I imagine Bins is just there the whole time. Oh. Bins. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Up in the front. Just chilling. Um, I do think it's hilarious to think that Bins is just in the classroom in, like, rest mode. Like, a fish doesn't sleep, but it, it rests, you know? Mm-hmm. She's, like, plugged in for the night. Maybe that's how he keeps going. He has, like, a... Maybe all the ghosts have to go to this, like, magical power source every night. And they just sort of have to hover over it, like, the, like, wireless chargers now. <laughs> that sounds like some, like, Scooby-Doo shit. Yeah. You find the ghost charging pad. <laughs> that sounds like something Scooby-Doo would this, do this year to try to stay relevant. Oh, yeah. Um. So Lupin comes with, like, okay, my book says packing case. Is that a suitcase? Yeah. See, it I is, also, right? You and I, I have the same version, so. Also, Grace is reading the also same good. version. <laughs> okay, well, great. It's a packing case, then, for the purpose yeah. of this conversation. I'm pretty sure it would be a suitcase, but... I agree. Because, I mean, he's carrying it. So he, like, bonks it on the table. This is maybe my headcanon. And 
he's like, there's a Boggart in there and because your Boggart is a Dementor. And then mm-hmm. he, we just get some like exposition. He's like, we're going to do a Patronus charm. It conjures a guardian, like an anti-Dementor guardian. Wait, I love, I love that he found the Boggart and Pilch's filing cabinet though. <gasps> Wait a fucking second. Um, I, I totally didn't clock that, but I think it was Mott's theory mm-hmm. about Boggarts manifesting in places of fear. Oh, true. Because that one in Grimald Place, right, showed up mm-hmm. when everyone was scared of shit. And, like, Filch, that man has fear inside him, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, mm-hmm. al- it, he was gotten to the point where it was almost latent. He's just, he's just there. But then as soon as yeah, Harry I- sort of figured out his squib status, I don't think it was as bad until... Harry found that out, because now he lives in this oh constant fear that he's going to tell somebody. Uh-huh. Well, where even was I? So, I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. No, that's okay. I'm just, like, plagued with pictures of Filch just in dark corners being like, it's dirty. <laughs> so I want to talk about the Patronus charm a little bit, because it's always yeah. kind of confused me. Lupin describes it as, like, an anti-dementor charm. Right. But later in the series, they use it to send messages, which strikes me as, like, a deeply unrelated purpose. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's because it's sort of part of your soul. It's like a representation of your soul. It could then be used to carry the meaning of your soul and thus deliver messages. That's how I'm going to read Slash it. Slash protect your soul. Yeah. So, uh. like, because they use it in a protective manner to send these messages. I don't wow. think you could just send... Yeah. Hey, how you doing with your, with your Patronus? <laughs> yeah. But maybe wow. it has to be specifically something okay. that is protective to you. So there's yeah. a, theoretically, you could use it in other ways as well if it's protective. Wow. I think that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. That's definitely like the best explanation I've heard. And I think that you're right that it would be like for like real emergencies only. And it probably couldn't like sustain itself very long. You know, the one at the wedding just is like, they took the ministry, they're coming and then like, oh my god, I just got chills. (laughs) That was honestly so scary and crazy. It's just, those movies, those last couple movies are dark, dude. I do not watch, I don't watch the last two movies casually at all. No, yeah, you can't. So you're continuing to tell me I never have to watch them because I still haven't seen any of them. Oh. Okay, well, are you going to start? Here's your options with the last two movies. If you're going to watch one of the, one of the two movies that makes up the seventh book, you want to watch a movie that ends with Dobby dying or starts with Dobby dying? Cause it's on both of them. It's yeah. an absolute fuck. It's like a Boromir situation. It's like, it's, we're still, <laughs> this is still affecting us. Yeah. How did I get here? What is happening? Oh, because we were talking about the Patronus. The Patronus charm. So yeah. it could, so it could probably do other things. It's probably only yeah. in times of extreme need. I like mm-hmm. that. Me too. So, yeah, each Patronus is unique to the person who conjures it. You say an incantation. Expect a Patronum, obviously. I I feel stupid, like, explaining this. Like, who? This is... (laughs) (laughs) Expecto Patronum! (laughs) You gotta think happy memories, which, thank God by now, Harry has at least, like, four of those, right? Thank God. Do you have to say it three times? I think not. (laughs) I think that he just needs it. Just, that's not efficient. Every time they have him do it. In this. That's a hairy thing. He says it three times. I just realized this. You know when you hurt yourself and you're like, fuck, 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 and it just comes out? Like, I feel like he's like, it's not working at first, so he says it again. That doesn't have anything to do with the fuck, fuck, fuck example. (laughs) 
The Holy Trinity. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because Lupin doesn't tell him it has to be three times. I don't know why that Holy Trinity comment got me so good. No, <laughs> right after you said fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a little out of place. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh. <coughs> okay. We're, okay. So, just getting back to business. <laughs> I'm just, like, still reading facts about the Patronus charm. This <laughs> it's is, a long list. Yeah, it okay. is. He's, we're getting a lot of exposition. It's an above-owl-level yeah. spell, right? Lupin is kind of worried that Harry might not be able to handle it. You know, they don't do a whole lot of actual magic in Defense Against the Dark Arts, so he's probably like, are you literally as good as charms as your mom? Because that would help you right now. Yeah. Um, He's not, but he's got this. Yeah. He's just really good at Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yeah. Because he's got spirit. Yep. Yeah, he's got a spirit that isn't his. <laughs> I'm convinced he's good at the dark arts, like, defense against the dark arts, because he's harboring a dark soul in him. Wow, Taylor. Wow. That is my own. And then by the time the Horcrux leaves him, he's just naturally, he's good at it yeah. from practice. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm on board. Yeah. I like it. I love this podcast, man. So many... I feel like I have... Every episode is a mind blower. So Harry's, like, practicing the incantation some... He's like, he's like, okay, I'm gonna think about the first time I wrote a broom. He gets a little whoosh of a Patronus just thinking about it. A little pre, pre-Patronus, if you will. <laughs> a little pre-Patronus okay. can still get you pregnant, okay? Be careful, kids. <laughs> Lupin opens the case. Wow, I feel like I was having deja vu reading the rest of this. He opens the case so Harry can face the bog art. As it's opening, Harry's focusing on his happy memory of riding the broom for the first time, but he falters because he's like, I'm about to hear my mom's voice, which I haven't heard like my whole adult life. So like, you know, living memory. What? You know what I'm saying? Since I was a baby, baby. Um, and then he's like, maybe I even want to hear it. So, like, obviously, when the Dementor comes out, he's, like, not ready. The lights go out. Yeah. It's so cold. It's rattly breath. The room goes cold. My next bullet point is Harry tries. Let me scroll down and see what happens next after Harry tries. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> um, wow. This is so much. So, he can, like, hear his mom and Voldemort talking back and forth. He's like, wow, that's my mom's voice. I'm hearing my mom's voice for the first time. But he never is like, literally, that's what Voldemort sounds like. Because you know Voldemort does not sound like a normal-ass person. But yeah, he, he's no, met yeah. Voldemort by this point. Oh, he, yeah, but he, he's met, like, ghosty yes. Voldemort. Yeah, but yeah. even still, I'm sure he has somewhat the same remnants of voice. He, okay. Yeah, he's, okay, he's, okay. He's faced Voldemort. You're right, But you're right. he's never yeah. faced his mom. You know how they always describe Voldemort as having a high, cold voice? Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I just, like, couldn't even envision really what that meant. And uh-huh. I still have kind of a hard time, like, really feeling it. Because Ralph Fiennes, I mean, Ray Fiennes, what's his name? Ray Fiennes. Ray, you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't, ha- he doesn't have a high, cold voice. And that wouldn't translate yeah. to film very well. But in, in the books when I was a kid, that description was, like, bone-chilling to me. I was like, what could that even sound like? Yeah, I'm picturing to me, it's just a small like child maniacal. screaming. Yeah. Yep. Well, so Harry faints. <laughs> Classic Harry. There's more where that came from. <laughs> and Groundhog Day. What's that song from? That's the alarm from Groundhog Day. I'll play it now. Then put your little hand in mine. 
Harry wakes up on the floor. <laughs> Lupin offers him a chocolate frog. Okay. Honestly, if this is what I need, like, imagine being prescribed chocolate. You know what I mean? I was prescribed Jolly Ranchers once, like, actually. For blood sugar? No, I got an infection in my salivary gland. Oh my Still gosh. the most mind-blowing thing to ever happen to me. Like, my entire face was blown up. And I had just what? been to the hospital the day before for the flu. So we Whoa. thought I was having an allergic reaction to what they gave me for the flu. But no, I got yeah. an infection in my salivary. Yeah, I got an infection in my salivary gland. And he's like, we'll be fine. Just go pick up some Jolly Ranchers on the way home and suck on them. <laughs> that shit'll kill anything. <laughs> was it just to like produce a lot of saliva to, and to draw out the infection that is insane never in my life have i heard of that that's crazy he's like i've only ever seen somebody with an infected salivary gland once and i'm like well make it to you he's like i don't even know what to do about this i don't know fucking jolly ranchers i guess <laughs> <laughs> whoa that's crazy tough luck taylor yeah really <laughs> i'm always here for the stories yeah. <laughs> That's what I yeah. like about you, Taylor. All your sad stories. Guess what? It's a Bob's Burgers quote. Look it up. <laughs> Are we going to start, like, tallying? <laughs> oh, I would say someone go back and listen for all the Bob's Burgers quotes and tally them up for me. But, like, no offense. I'm the only one who can even detect them all. It's true. You'd have to do your own tally. I was say, <laughs> I've only seen two episodes, two seasons. I, I just assumed it is your being and that everything's really yeah. a Bob's Burgers quote at the end of the day. In some form or another. Yeah. Lately, I've been trying to figure out what kind of Bob's Burgers tattoo I can get that won't be like, I don't like a yeah. cartoony tattoo. As I sit here with Stitch on my back. I also don't, I don't really have color tattoos either. Whatever. If anyone has like a dope Bob's Burgers tattoo idea, let me know. Because I'm really not trying to get a hamburger tattooed on my body, but I will if <laughs> get, that is what it comes to. Get a hamburger with the galaxy pattern I have on my stitch tattoo would be oh. hilarious. Yeah, that's awesome. I have a um a Deathly Hallows tattoo, which is frankly the most basic tattoo a bitch who reads books could possibly get. Yes. And I meet people constantly with the same tattoo as me, and it's genuinely such a lovely bonding experience. Like Aww. every single person it's just like, oh my god, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. And it's just like same, same. You're a fucking nerd and basic as hell. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I see you. I only want one more tattoo ever. And I want to get the sun from Tangled uh, on the uh, inside uh, of my um, foot, like on the heel. That's cool. Um, wow. Where were we? Oh, we were on the chocolate frog. How did we get here? How did she get there? Oh my god, Morty. How did she get there? How did she get there? Jolly Ranchers to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then we spiraled from there. Yeah. Yes. Pretty classic. So Harry is describing to Lupin... He, it's like kind of like always tell the truth to your doctor, right? Harry, yeah. Harry's like, I can hear my mother clearer, and I can hear Voldemort too. And Lupin is like, this has nothing to do with me. I'm fine. But if you want to tap out, we can. <laughs> it's so crazy to me how Bogarts can like fully embody the powers of whatever they're like taking the form of. Yeah, like they're escalating Harry's like. I almost said the word hallucination. Is that right? Or it's a flashback. I, I mean, for him, it is a hallucination because it literally causes him to pass out. He cannot, at that point, tell the difference between reality 
and the voices. They've sort of melted together. Oh it's once God. you get once you get to that point of where is that line and you can't find it, that's when you get the idea of hallucination versus it just being in your head. Wow. Hmm. Is there like um like an auditory version of a hallucination mm-hmm. or is that the same thing? Okay, okay. For some people with schizophrenia, it's only auditory. Um oh, okay. yeah. Whereas some of them it is only visual. Uh so so I'm just using schizophrenia as a, an example cuz I think people can yeah. wrap their mind around that as being classic, something that causes yeah. hallucinations. Yeah. As soon as you can't figure out where your line is between reality and what's just there, uh-huh. you get a hallucination. Can the Bogart Dementor give the Dementor's kiss? That's a great question. Because it's almost like... No, I don't have an elaboration. That's just a great question. Like, can it do, like, the bodily functions of a Dementor, even though it's a Bogart? Yeah, like, is Harry's passing out due to just his fear or due to the Dementor itself? Wow. As the Bogart. Because mm-hmm. you can totally pass out from fear. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it his fear of passing out because of the Dementor? There's, like, several layers of what I, w- I just want to know. Harry's got anxiety. Yeah, I think it's, like, Harry's trauma that puts him out. Like, I think it's yeah. literally just, like, a trauma response. Love trauma. Wow. And then we did also talk about, man, I'm so sorry. Like, at this point, it's hard for me to remember whose theories are whose. But someone had a theory that that if Harry's eyes were obscured when his parents were being killed, like, if his mother, oh, yeah. like, concealed his eyes or whatever. I think that was Brooke. Yeah, that yeah, that's sound, like, what, a I think it was Brooke. That, like, maybe his, like, psyche forces him to pass out to take him, like, to the same darkness. Hmm. Ooh, yeah. that sentence. <laughs> First off, it does sound like a very Brooke theory in, like, the best way. It just sounds yeah. like how her mind would work with it. Well, and I do remember her being, like, not to be morbid, but if I had a baby, I would cover its eyes so it wouldn't see yeah. me get murdered. And I was like, Brooke, please never get murdered. I think when I'm, like, old and senile, I'll still remember that. So Lupin's like, wow, no offense, but it doesn't seem like that memory was, like, maybe happy enough. Like, maybe you need uh-huh. to do better. Maybe you yeah. should try- just try to be happier. <laughs> Um, so Harry's like, what about when Gryffindor won the House Cup last year? That was really happy. So Lupin opens the case, and the Dementor comes out again, and Harry tries to do his spell, and a white fog obscures his senses, and he can hear the scene again, and his dad's there too, and he's like in a little bit of a limbo, and then... Lupin wakes Harry up. Wait, hold on. He's he wakes him up by tapping him on the <laughs> on the face really hard. Lupin's Why are like you sick of your shit. Like, where, <laughs> like where on his face do you think like maybe I right in the like middle of his forehead? I feel like he's just going like this. You've never oh, like, like gone up to somebody tap. and like okay. done like this to their face. Oh. I see that. I was literally picturing like on his forehead, like why the up. word tap to me feels like a one finger thing, but maybe oh, see, it's I a was little... thinking like this. Taylor's no, saying like better. a light cheek slap. Yes, yeah, that's like better. The, I, I'm on board with that. But the, the forehead tap, I was having a hard time. Like, knock, watch. knock, knock. No, he's just going to his nose and just booping him until he gets up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just boop until he wakes up, dude. <laughs> so Harry's, like, describing what he heard as he was fainting. Wow, yet again. Um, he's crying. Whoops, crying. 
And then Lupin is like, yeah, dude, I knew your dad. Like, we were friends at Hogwarts. And, like, I feel like that was, like, a lot for Lupin to, like, to kind of get out after all this time. But also Harry kind of, like, is like, oh, weird. So Lupin's like, we're done for the day. And Harry wants one more go at the Dementor Bogart. So... He's like, remember that one time when I learned that my abusive childhood was over and I was actually a magical wizard who was special for all the right reasons and I was going to go to a different school where people love me and think I'm the chosen one? That was a, that maybe should have been my starting memory because that was obviously for sure the best day of my life. Uh-huh. So Lupin opens the case and Harry starts screaming, <laughs> like trying to audibly drown out everything. He is screaming, expect a paternum. We've gone all caps. Yes. And his mom's, like, screaming starts, but the sound quality is really bad. Like, maybe you've blown a speaker. And he can still see the Dementor, and it's, like, he's, like, in this, like, limbo. This is where he blocked out last time, but no. A huge silver shadow comes out of Harry's wand and hovers between him and the Dementor. Go, Harry, go! (laughs) Yeah, go, Harry, go! So that's a Patronus charm. Not a great one, but it technically for sure counts as literally having done it. Yeah, it's pretty good. So Lupin does the ridiculous spell and shoves the Bogart back into the case. And Harry sits down exhausted and Lupin makes me some chocolate. And then Harry's like, this is what I was thinking about while I was doing this Patronus thing. If you knew my dad at Hogwarts, you must also have known Sirius Black too, because one plus one equals two. And Lupin's just like, yeah, I thought I knew him anyway. Time for bed, buddy. It's like Lupin panics a little bit there. Yeah, I think you're right. I felt I felt like some panic. He like turns pretty quickly. He's kind of like, "Why are you asking me that?" He gets sharp, which he's never sharp with the kids. Yeah, he he never loses his cool, but I felt like he he a little bit lost his cool, just a little bit. He probably expected Harry to be like, "Oh my god, you knew my dad? Tell me more. Like, were you in school together? Like, I don't know. Like, ask me. Like, tell me about your life." <laughs> but instead, Harry's just as like, wait, are you affiliated with a murderer? <laughs> are you affiliated yeah. with the person trying to kill me right now? Yeah. I need to know. And Lupin's like, okay, well, that that wasn't really the reaction that I wanted, um, but okay. Yeah. I just feel like Lupin's probably been getting some heat from people just because he there is some association. Probably, rightfully so, for being yeah. thorough. Probably, especially from Snape. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wonder if there's been any, like, one-on-one interrogations or anything. I know. I was wondering that, too. I feel like there must have been. I wonder how good Lupin would hold up against them reading his mind. Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, okay, this is exactly the kind of stuff that I I love to stop and think about because... I just, like, had an existential crisis here. I'm like... Legitimacy and affluency doesn't come up for two more books, but Snape's supposes have been doing it this whole time. Like... Yeah. Does Lupin know that? Like, does has Lupin had any experience with that in his time with, like, the Order of the Phoenix beforehand? It's right. a lot of questions here. Is it harder for Snape maybe to read Lupin's mind because Lupin is a little bit wolfy? Mm. Maybe. Can... Snape read dogs' minds. <laughs> what about when Sirius Black is a dog? I always think about him with McGonagall. Has she, is Whom? she good at blocking him out? Oh, you mean Snape and McGonagall? She's, yeah. I think she's probably not good at legitimacy at all, but she's probably very good at occlumency. You well, know see, what I mean? See, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I wonder if she's like sp- specifically trained at that because she doesn't want her wow. mind. And then... You could almost wonder if 
Lupin would do the same thing to sort of protect himself as a werewolf. Yeah, I feel like he just has to. Yeah. Oh my god, the burden! Yeah. Lupin does so much. He does do so much. I'm just always sad for him. Just, like, all the time. Man, my my cat is, like, digging his claws into my thigh right now, and I'm trying to pretend I can't tell he's there, because I feel like that's Is that why you're crying and not because of Lupin? (laughs) I was like, you look really stressed about Lupin, and then the cat makes things way more. Yes, it's it's like 50-50. It's, like, both parts for sure. So Lupin dismisses Harry. On the way back to the common room, Harry sits down to eat some chocolate and have a little heart-to-heart with himself. Yeah. It's kind of a cute moment. He's like, all right, I sense that we're having some mental turmoil. Let's figure this out. <laughs> and he's like, Ron and Ronnie aren't the people right now. I just need to think. He's like, he's like, it's okay that I want to hear my parents' voices. That's like reasonable, but this isn't the way to do it. And it's not worth the cost of me not being able to learn this spell. So I need to stop this right now. How fucking mature is that? Yeah. It's also just, in- I mean, it's just incredibly sad. He's For like, sure. he says, they're dead, he told himself sternly. They're dead, and listening to echoes of them won't bring them back. You better get a grip on yourself if you want to win the Quidditch Cup. It gets stupid at the end, but, like, it was really sad for a second But, like, there. it shows he, he's 13. Yeah. If that sentence had ended with, if you want to overcome your fear, that would have been, like, such a stronger move. Just a little bit strong. But it wouldn't be true to Harry. It, it yeah. shows, like, he's... We're starting to get him on the cusp of growing up. Oh, yeah. And, like, having some of these more serious moments. But then he still is a kid, and you sort of see that in that one where it's your heart breaks for him, and then you're like, oh, yeah, he's 13. He doesn't doesn't get it yet. And he shouldn't have to. He's 13. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we go from there kind of into just, like, a winter term montage. I told you this whole chapter was a fucking montage. Just, like, montage after montage. Slytherin beats Ravenclaw at Quidditch, which is sports math good, because if Gryffindor beats Ravenclaw, then they'll be in second place. It's like, thank you for not asking me to, like, really understand this. Yeah. This is, it's just like, here, if we, if we do this, this is the result. Great. So what, Oliver Wood is like, we're going to start practicing five times per week. That is so many days a week to do anything. I mean, most sports teams in my high school would either be practicing or have a game five days a week. Wait, I guess that's true. I was like, most of my friends, especially my friends who did things like cross country or track, they they were also really, like, long distance running on the weekends. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I used to go to drama every day, too, after school. So I guess when you're a kid, you just don't have anything fucking else to do. (laughs) You can just... (laughs) Improve yourself via extracurriculars constantly. Although, I guess this podcast is a little bit of an extracurricular activity, so I still got it. Uh-huh. There you go. Five Quidditch practices per week. One night of training with Lupin. That means Harry has one night a week to do all his homework. I mean, you could do it during the day on the weekend, but that's fine. Hermione <laughs> still seems more stressed than Harry, though. She is studying so much. I Here's the thing is... Hermione's behavior in this book is not great, but to me, it is evidently, like, I think her emotional regulation, like, her fucking, like, logical processing, I think all of those things are fucked up, like, starting a couple chapters ago. Like, it's really yeah. catching up to her now, her schedule. We she's also living keep in mind that she is also only 13. She's only 13. She's living, like, 20-hour days and then, like, sleep. She's, like, 
She's adding time. She's aging herself more quickly than everyone else. You're right. She's not 13 anymore, Hermione. Come on, get it together. <laughs> it's just, I'm like so, like, even when she's misbehaving and I'm like, wow, I'm kind of mad at you right now. I'm still, j- I'm so fucking worried about her, dude. I read a selection for the introduction to this episode about her nightmare situation, about how she's just like angrily studying in a corner for like the whole rest of this book. You know what? She probably she probably made Harry and Ron get mad at her just so they'd leave her the fuck alone so that she had time to do all of her shit. It was by design. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a Ravenclaw solution to a Ravenclaw problem. <laughs> I get it, girl. This is where I finally get pissed off at her for taking muggle studies. I like, know. I'm like, I'm like whatever, at the, at, like when it first happens. But diagrams of muggles lifting heavy objects... <laughs> And then her, the, she's writing an essay at the end about muggles using electricity. Yeah. And that's where it pisses me off. Here's the thing. I'm a muggle and I'm 30 years old almost and I couldn't write an essay about electricity. No, it's like, why do we use electricity? Why does the muggle use electricity? Oh, true. Let me list the ways. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's like, honestly, it's giving her that gratitude attitude. You know what I mean? She's like, yeah. I'm so lucky to be a witch. Explain why muggles need electricity. That is what it's called. I feel like that theory I just said doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, trying to figure it out because she's like, okay, well, imagine if you didn't even need electricity because your life was so blessed. Whatever, dude. Hermione is working so much and becoming so stressed that even Ron is starting to really notice Oh, he's been fucking noticing, dude. Yeah, I feel like out of everyone, Ron's been the one like, what is going on with <laughs> he, this one? Ron is really worried about what Hermione's doing. He is. He's very concerned. But not in the concern for her kind of way. Like, I need to know what the <laughs> what fuck is What is she happening. doing? Well, I kind of get it. Like, this is just straight up scientifically flabbergasting. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. He he has, like, concrete evidence, basically, that she... Not concrete evidence, like, firsthand accounts mm-hmm. that she mm-hmm. has been in two places at the same time consistently. Because whomstever the fuck says she hasn't missed a muggle studies class, but we know she... Ernie McMillan. Fucking Ernie fucking Mc- <laughs> Don't say that man's name to me, dude. <laughs> Give Hufflepuff's a bad name. <laughs> and then, but she's supposed to have been in, she was in this class with us the whole time. And this other person said that she's never missed this class. It wasn't Ernie McMillan. Was it Flitwick? No, that doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> it was Professor oh. Vector with Arithmancy. And she hasn't missed whatever. I am i don't know why I'm like describing this. She's been in two places at once. That's the point I'm trying to make. Evidently, two places at once. And Ron is like, that isn't right (laughs) what is she doing (laughs) i feel like i feel like in this scene ron is that meme what is that from where the guy is like all the things all around god (laughs) (laughs) i'm describing this so well where he's like trying to explain the thing and he's got like Freaking like string and like evidence on the oh, wall. It's Charlie, it's Charlie Day, Day in from Always it's Sunny. Thank you. I was like, yeah. if I say string, they'll get it. <laughs> yes, that is what he's doing in this. Yeah, Ron, he's really wondering where is she going? What's she doing? So Oliver Wood interrupts their conversation and he's like, "Hey, I just wanted to talk to McGonagall. I remember reading this line when from when I was a kid. She got a bit shorty with me. <laughs> shorty. I had to pronounce enunciate." 
So, <laughs> pronunciate. Shirty. Shirty. <laughs> okay, there's so many words shirty. that I learned from Harry Potter. I remember them all vividly when I encounter them. Shirty. But there's also some, like, shirty, where I'm like, that's just a British thing. I don't need to look that up. Like, It's even like, but if you say it, it, it sounds more and more like shitty the more you say it in a British accent. Shirty. Shirty. I don't. Shirty. My British accent is not the best. Shirty. Um, okay, so, so McGonagall is like, leave me alone. I, like, I'll tell you. And this is the point at which Wood is like, he, here's the thing. Not only does he say, I don't care if the broom bucks Harry as long as he catches the snitch, he tells Harry that that's what he said to McGonagall. He's like, this is what I said to her, and she, can you believe that and she And he cared? was like, it's like I said something terrible. <laughs> he is laser focused. Yeah. He, I think he, like, his, his, like, Patronus is also some kind of, like, a dog, like, a little bit obsessive dog. Maybe, like, a hound dog, someone who, like, a dog that can't, like, stop smelling the thing. It's like, I gotta go. (laughs) It just made me think of, like, things I've said to my younger siblings because I wanted to do a thing and I, like, go tell my parents and then I'm, like, say something terrible about my younger sibling, like, wishing they were, like hurt so i could go and do something you've never had that experience i also oh my have god i know siblings. exactly what you're talking about <laughs> wait can, wait describe it to me again i don't understand well so for example one time <laughs> my older sister she she did something to me i don't know if it was in my head i'm thinking she like kind of tried to choke me a little bit which is very serious <laughs> it ha- um, no it happens it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's fine children and so and so my mom asked me what I thought her punishment should be. <gasps> and so and so my suggestion was to put her in a dark room for a long time. <laughs> and then my mom got mad at me for suggesting that. And it was terrible. It was a trap. Yeah, it's like it was a you, whole trap. You accidentally say something terrible about your sibling, not even thinking about it being your sibling. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I guess that was terrible. And you get screamed at and you're like, but it wasn't really that bad. But one time I got in a lot of trouble because my brother, Michael, was being so wild. Okay, my brother used to chase me around the house just, like, saying annoying things until I cried. Didn't we all? One time I was like, you're so hyper and chaotic. Like, you need to be chained outside in the backyard like a bad dog. And my, my mom, I screamed in front of the whole family. And my mom was like, that is very inappropriate. We're not going to chain your brother. I got in a lot of trouble for that one. Wow. That's what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what Oliver Wood is like, I don't even give a shit, dude. I need to get this. <laughs> I here's the thing though, McGonagall and Harry are both like, I'm with you. Yeah. Here's what happens next. Quote January faded imperceptibly into February. Doesn't it always? <laughs> Classic January shit, dude. As a February birthday, there is no no difference between my birthday. In, like, January 15th. But here's the it thing. It is, is no, no different. It's not all the same. Not to be this way, but it's it's been March for three days, and I can tell. Mm-hmm. So I think you're I right that. that it does fade imperceptibly, but February does not fade imperceptibly into March. Yeah, I agree. Season's changing. Harry starts asking McGonagall about the fireball after every single class, which... I mean, okay, well, why weren't you already doing that? At all times, give me an update. But, like, he, he's being so annoying, though. I'm sure McGonagall is, like, 1,000% done with him right now. Here's the thing. I don't think you have this personality trait, Grace, but but I do. <laughs> it's, like, I just, when I feel like I'm wronged and I'm, like, so right, and this is definitely something I experienced more when I was a kid, it's, like, 
Like, nothing is going to stand... Like, I'm going to do... I'm going to be so annoying to get this thing that I feel like I deserve and, like, I feel like I'm owed. Like, like nothing's going to stand in my way. And I will just be here super long and obnoxious, like, until that gets resolved. I think that's okay. one of my personality strengths. <laughs> I, I have too many siblings for that to be allowed. <laughs> yeah, right, Christina, I mean... Christina, put it on the job apps. <laughs> yeah, for... I'm better in person, <laughs> let me show you. Yeah, I mean, both my brothers are very resilient to that, so that's good for them. That was good character building for them. Yeah, you you really helped them out. (laughs) Classic oldest sibling. (laughs) So, here we are in another montage. Okay, so it's like, Harry's always asking McGonagall about the fireball. Okay, Harry's Patronus lessons, he's doing them every Thursday, but they kind of plateau. All he can do is, like, the gentle jizz. He really can't get it to do much more than that. (laughs) no. Oh, no. Um... (laughs) It says shimmery silver mist, so <laughs> do without what you will. Um, okay, after after one particular lesson, Harry's being kind of hard on himself. He's like, I'm so stupid. Why can't I do this? Why am I so weeny? I just, I love these moments with him and Lupin. So Lupin's like offering him a butterbeer. And Harry's like, oh, hell yeah, I love this shit. I've tasted it a thousand times before. God, Harry, be <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> And Lupin's like, how can you possibly have experienced this before? And Harry's like, oh, the Ron and Marnie Russell are back for me. They would have had to carry, like, a stein I mean, from the three Lupin really tried to help him out, too, because he said, you won't have tried it before. And then Harry's like, you know what? I've tried this before. <laughs> so can they only get it in Hogsmeade? Who fucking knows, dude? Because I've been saying, like, he was staying in Diagon Alley for all that time. Do they also not have butterbeer there? Oh, I see what you're saying. Interesting. Yeah, is it a three broomsticks, like, special? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That is a good question. I've never thought about that. Throwback to the last time I was on and we talked about ice cream for 20 oh. minutes. Oh, you must have been off of the Florian Fortescue. I was. <laughs> Yes. I think we should start doing signature cocktails again, like, when there's a good one, like making some kind of, like, a ice cream alcohol concoction. Yeah. My first instinct was, like, an affogato with some Baileys in it. That was my first instinct yeah. when I was, like, alcohol ice cream. So Harry is, like, yo, not, like, no big deal, super casual. What's under a Dementor's hood? <laughs> Random question. I mean, it's a nightmare, basically. Lupin describes the Dementor's kiss. No thank you to that, for sure. Okay, okay. Not to be dramatic. Okay. If you're going to give someone the Dementor's kiss, why not just execute them? I don't believe, I don't believe in capital punishment, personally, but if, like, why keep the body? (laughs) Well, it's a fate worse than death. Your soul is gone, but your body's still there. Does it need to be fed? Like, it just seems like a waste of resources, even more so than, like, prison. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, why? I don't know, man. If it has no memories, no personality, like, I don't even think it would have, like, I I don't feel like that's a fate worse than death because it's, like, you're just, you don't give a fucking shit. I don't know, dude. Yeah, it seems dangerous more than anything. I'm just thinking, like, it. you feel it being sucked away from you. Uh Like... They describe it, like, after Sirius and Harry are, like, experiencing everything later in the book. They're, they're, like, sucking it away from you. So, you're still... So, it's, like, the experience. You're still there having your soul literally ripped away from you. Mm -hmm. Whereas, if they're executing you, it's just... 
Okay. I, I don't get it, but I'm also really depressed. Also, just like kind of thinking about it. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just depressed. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a matter it's of an incredibly heavy conversation for Lupin and Harry to be having. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for this Dick Jokes podcast. For this? <laughs> that's what I meant, actually. Yeah. Who would you fuck? Lupin? <laughs> Or the Lupin Dementor. Ma- Lupin or the Dementor. No, Lupin, McGonagall, Flitwick, and Snape. Lupin. I mean, yeah, Lupin. I mean, obviously. Lupin. Who else did I say? You said Snape <laughs> and Flitwick and McGonagall? <laughs> like, maybe right. McGonagall next? I, no, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's obviously Lupin. And then that Flitwick, wasn't a very good and one. then Snape's just at the bottom. <laughs> Just a, yeah, you would get you'd get in there and find some like denim, and then you'd like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd fuck Flitwick before McGonagall. I think McGonagall's like a mom, like a mommy. You don't like. I personally won't fuck a mommy. It's different from a daddy, you know. I learned that. I learned that about you from the <laughs> Twilight episode of the Movie Night Crew. <laughs> yeah, I won't fuck Esme um, Cullen. Is that her name? Yeah, that's right. That is not an episode I watched because I've never seen Twilight, and nor do I want anything to do with Twilight, so... That's not an episode you watched because it was a podcast, and no one watched it. (laughs) (laughs) But I won't watch Twilight, so it's like, not gonna listen to the pod. It's really good for a laugh. (laughs) That is true. Check out our other podcast, The Movie Night Crew. Um, okay, great. Let me just skip on past this depressing-ass section. Okay, so Lupin's, like, in sum, the Ministry of Magic just gave the Dementors permission to do the Dementors kiss on Sirius Black if they find him. So that's what's at stake here, is a man's soul. And Harry's like, take it! Yeah, you are right. Harry is like, take it. (laughs) You're completely right about that. Yeah, so then Harry leaves, and he's lost in thought on his way back to the common room. He runs directly into McGonagall, which, like, awkward so awkward um she's like i was looking for you here's your firebolt he's like so happy she's frankly also so happy she's like i hate having to be the bad guy but like this is the burden i'm willing to bear for you children she's like just win the match dude (laughs) i love her yeah and so then he runs into ron next he's like dude i got the fireball back ron's like dude no way and they're so fucking happy that they agree they're like dude let's go make up with hermione honestly it's been Literally two, two and a half months. Um, it's probably time. Let's say two months. It's probably yeah. time to make up with her. So they go to the common room. Neville is stuck outside of the common room. He lost classic. the passwords. Yeah, pretty classic. He's like talking Neville, to Sir Neville, Cadigan. Neville. How do you pronounce this portrait's name, everyone? <laughs> I do. Cadigan. Cadigan. Okay. So Sir Cadigan wrote on the... Pa- no. I can, read, <laughs> I can read my own notes. I can read my own notes. He tells Sir Cadigan, Neville does, Neville tells Sir Cadigan that he wrote down the passwords, but he must have lost them. Just a little. Whoopsie. Just a little thing that's happening right now that probably won't have any consequence later. Doesn't seem important at all. Doesn't seem important at all. So Ron and Harry let him into the common room. And everyone swarms Harry in the fireball. They're like, this is so cool. This is so sexy. Like, let me look at it for 10 minutes. Oh, God. Like, I know my cat's cute. Shut up. Don't tell me. That's how it feels. <laughs> no, Harry. <laughs> Harry's probably like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's been waiting for this the whole time. Because no one was there when he opened yeah, it over Christmas. He didn't get to show it off at all. Yeah. Okay, they're like, let's go make up with Hermione. And then they go over to Hermione and they're like, see, bitch, you were wrong. Which 
is not how you make up with someone. No. I guess I guess they were like, let's just go talk to her. I like that's how we're gonna make up with her, I guess. I don't know. They did not have a plan. In Harry's <laughs> defense, it is R- Ron who does the look we told you so line. Harry's yeah, just Harry's just excited. He's like, look, I got it back. And then Ron's the one who throws there wasn't anything wrong with it in there. It's true, but Ron just likes to say shit too. Yeah. Yeah. I also forget who had this theory before. That I mean, it's not even really a theory because it makes perfect sense that because Ron is the youngest in his family, he's used to just saying shit and not being heard. But like now that he's like in this friend group, like the shit he says does get heard. And it's like, oh, that's kind of dickish all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, like even though Ginny is younger than him, because she's the girl, she gets heard. Yeah. So yeah. he's just like the. The bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. He's the honorary youngest. On the list of which Weasleys would I fuck, I think he's at the actual bottom. Percy's at the bottom. Because you guys know I have, like, a weird thing with Percy. We just have, like, a little bit of a weird thing. I hate Percy. (laughs) I hate him, too. That's, like, part of it, you know? (laughs) That really feeds it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I just think he'd be really impressed and grateful. I feel like one of the twins would be my top... For me, it's okay. B- Bill and Charlie for sure. And I mean, the twins are. F- wait, wait. Just to be clear, this is when they're all grown adults. Yes, yes. over eighteen. Over. Let's say over twenty-two. Over twenty-two. <laughs> I'm feeling over twenty-two. Does that mean we can fuck now, Christina? Because I'm over twenty-two. Oh yeah, you're in my. Oh my god, <laughs> you're in my age range. I'm witnessing like history before my eyes. So, guys, I just don't want to finish the chapter. Like, it goes so wrong so fast. I know. <laughs> okay, Harry's like, I should take my broom up to the dormitory. Ron's like, I'll do it. I'll take it upstairs because I want to carry it, like, baby Jesus into the manger. And it's also time for Scabbers' rat tonic. Classic Scabbers needing his rat tonic. So, Harry, uh, Ron takes it. And it's described as, um, he took the firebolt and holding it as if it were made of glass, carried it up the boy's staircase. <laughs> So Harry just kind of sits down with Hermione, and he's like, "Hey, bud, yeah, you, you seem yeah, like you seem really busy. Um, do you want to like maybe drop your fucking Muggle studies class or something?" And she looks quote scandalized, which is surely a word I learned from this book when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Scandalized. I'm using it ever since because that's a great word. Yeah. And then Ron, like, screams up in the dormitory, and he comes down dragging a bedsheet, and he's screaming. <laughs> like, he's screaming. Oh um, the sheet has blood on it, and Scabbers is missing. So, so that, I mean, he's trying to say, your cat ate my rat finally after all this time, which, why wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and Ron finally is like, oh, and guess what I found on the floor? And then he throws some cat hairs on Hermione's homework, which is... I'm just going to say right now, that's super weird because hairs are small and they're really fine. And, like, I wouldn't even be able to see them. Like, why did you pick them up? Also, Crookshanks has been up in that dormitory before. So, like, I don't even know. That, to me, is, like, so extra. I think part of it, like, he was able to see them because I believe the bedsheets are white. So, you're going to be able to see orange cat hair. He said it was on the floor. Oh. 
Which is hardwood. That's why I'm having a hard time believing. He was like crawling around. Yeah, he yes, was crawling he, around looking for He that. had like a flashlight and a magnifying glass. I have a ginger cat and hardwood, and I mean, you frankly can't see that far. E- at it all. would be easier to pick up. So at least one of those questions, if it's on hardwood, be easier to pick up. Okay. All right. Okay. I just think that if someone threw cat hair at me, no matter the circumstances, I'd be like, <laughs> don't. Don't fucking throw cat hair at me, dude. I would also be like, what did you just throw at me? Because I can't see it. <laughs> like, wow, so true. <laughs> what is seeing? <laughs> yeah, it's a shit show. It's all, yeah. Ron goes all capitals. For a while, it's like sustained. <laughs> I do like, th- so something that a lot of amateur writers do is like really overuse all the all cap situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that this book series uses it relatively sporadically and with great emphasis yeah that bitch is like i want to make it clear that this is the breaking of their friendship i don't normally do this maybe mary clay said that she did this one time so i thought of that when i was reading this time um that she read like the first couple sentences of the next chapter and that's like literally how this next chapter starts is like that's the end of their friendship it literally says, it looks like the end of Ron and Hermione's friendship. We never have to ever done a sneak peek before. There's a little sneak peek for you. Sneak peek. So that's peek. how it starts. <laughs> yep. Oh, I, and I forgot that I wanted to talk about the illustration oh, on this yes. page. Uh-huh. In the Bloomsbury Illustrated Edition. Yes. Okay. So I just mentioned that I have a ginger cat. I have a ginger cat and a gray cat. So cat hair is a very frequent part of my life, particularly my gray cat, Dante. You might have heard of him. He... <laughs> climbs on my body and gets gray hair on me so consistently and i the illustrations on this page i kept reflexively brushing them off because it's supposed to look like a couple ginger cat hairs and the whole time i was reading this page i was like brushing it It is like so it looks they're so fine and i'm like this these are hairs i had to remind myself that i do not in fact have a cat these must be illustrated yeah well and the blood is a good indicator too Uh uh-huh yeah you don't just bleed all over your house constantly (laughs) shit free bleeding baby i really should get that checked out then (laughs) man i'm like i'm like delaying because this chapter ended like so tragically i'm like god we gotta get somewhere happy before we call it quits like we gotta (laughs) It's Think really about bad. the day when you found out you were a wizard and that you <laughs> could leave your abusive life behind. Oh, that was a yeah. good day. I'm I'm here for you. Maybe like, what was your favorite moment in this chapter, Taylor? Do you have one? I mean, just getting more depth to Lupin at any point is a good mm. time. Yeah, just, yeah. He's such a good character. His death is the one that hurt me the most. Um, yeah. when they, like, say that him and Tonks are, like, lying out together. Uh, like, stop. I that, can't. That I was, really his, can't. His is the death that, like, really... That and just the Weasley twins being split up were, like, the two okay. things... Wait. Okay. I asked this question <laughs> to, to try to lift happy. us up. I know, I know. <laughs> but I mean, it's just anytime I get depth to Lupin as a character... He's just, he's a good character. He's a good dude. Probably one of her better written characters overall. I agree. I agree. 
he's fully realized he's not a caricature like a lot of her other characters. Which she really could have done with the werewolf thing. She really could have gotten down some terrible roads, which you often see with, like, monsters. I mean, thinking about Lord of the Rings, um, just typecasting or what's the word I want? Um, stereotyping. Yeah, not stereotyping, but like projecting a certain type of person on a mythical being. So you oh, often you. get werewolves as being typically trashy black men often or things of that sort. Just you can have that coding. That's the word I wanted. Um, nice. you can code your, code your characters like that. So yeah. that's another thing. As much as I hate Voldemort with my entire being, I do <laughs> appreciate that she didn't fall in that trap with Lupin that could easily have happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's a very um, well-realized character, especially by the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Grace, what was your favorite part of the chapter? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of that Lupin, same Lupin thing, but I just really enjoyed Harry and Lupin's interactions. I know that they weren't always happy, necessarily, but just, like, the bond that they're kind of forming during during this time, I think, is so special and really carries them through the rest of the book. So, yeah, this is just, like, the first part of that, and I just, I really love their re- relationship, and I think it's really special, and... It's just uh, really liked getting to see that um, starting here. Yeah, it's interesting that Harry, like, really... What, what am I trying to say? He puts so much, like, value in his relationship with Sirius Black. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at the end of this book, Lupin, it's not the same, even though they've had more time to build what should, in theory, be, like, a pretty similar relationship. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. We can talk about that more as the book kind of wraps up. Um, Mm -hmm. My favorite part of this chapter was um, when Harry and McGonagall run into each other in the corridor. Because it's like (laughs) a cute little exchange. She's like, dude, I know that was hard, but like, congratulations, you fucking did it. You can wait two fucking weeks for me to say that you're not going to fucking die. And now I need you to win this Quidditch Cup, okay? We're all in this together. Fuck you for being so annoying this past (laughs) month. (laughs) She's like, you had no faith in me at all. (laughs) Would I ever let the team down? Right. Well, are we ready to move on to some plugs? Let's do it. Sure. Grace, will you please go first? I would love to. Um, Today, I'm going to plug an alternative to Goodreads that I just found out about. Maybe I'm late to the game on this, but it's a site called thestorygraph.com. Have we heard of that? I haven't. I thought you were going to say something else, actually. I've heard of it, but never used it. Oh. I was also expecting something else. Oh, well, apparently there are a lot of options. Uh, But this one uh, seems cool. You can, like, um, obviously do all the things that Goodreads offers, and if you want to get away from, like, the whole Amazon machine, since Amazon owns Goodreads, then this is a good alternative. Um, you can see book recs, book reviews, book stats. You can even like import your Goodreads info Ooh. into this site. That's that's the you got me. That's there. the thing. That's the kicker right there. It's very cool. So yeah, I think we got a lot of book nerds on this podcast. So check it out. People in here like. Books? <laughs> what? At least oh. seven of them. 
<laughs> oh, I thought you meant seven people, but now I see seven books. <laughs> Either way, it's a magically strong number. What's it called? It's called thestorygraph.com. The like story graph, graph paper. Okay. Yes. Cool. Taylor, what do you have to plug? Oh, okay. I was very unprepared. I'm going to plug Lilo and Stitch because we talked about my tattoo and we watched that a couple nights ago. I am still working through my watch through of all Walt Disney Animation Studios movies from the beginning to the end. That's amazing. That is so much more impressive than the fucking Marvel marathon. We just got, I just, we watched uh, Lilo and Stitch. So next we are up with Treasure Planet and then Brother Bear. Wait, shut the fuck up. Those are three of my favorites. Wait, I love. I've watched two of those at Christina's house. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we watched Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Planet on Haley's birthday, right? Oh, yeah. I think that those are both on (laughs) Haley's birthday. Up until, uh, so last, I I started this last spring because I can only watch movies every once in a while when I'm feeling like it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, I had only never seen two Disney, Walt Disney animation movies. I have to, like, specify because it's a specific group of movies. So none of the sequels, none of the direct-to-home, all those things don't count. Oh, okay. At that point, I had never seen The Black Cauldron and Big Hero 6. So wow. now I've seen Black Cauldron. I still have to watch. Seen- Big Hero 6, and I've heard so many good things. Okay, Big Hero 6 is so slept on, honestly. Grace, when I when I, when I get to Big Hero 6, we'll, we'll Netflix party it, slash Disney yeah, party it, or whatever. Yeah. That, can be, it. that can be the movie night crew movie for the <laughs> week. We'll just watch it over Netflix, or over oh my God. whatever it's called now. <laughs> but yeah, so Leland, I, honestly, just revisiting some of the Disney movies, I'm ranking them. We're gonna. I'm gonna finish ranking them throughout, and then we're gonna watch through Pixar. And then I'm going to smash the list together, and then see where I go from there. But uh, Lilo and Stitch has a special place in my heart. While it's not my favorite Disney movie, uh, Stitch has always been my like comfort animal when it comes to my anxiety. So that's why I, I have him Aww. on my shoulder. That's awesome. Nani is such a great character, and honestly, I think she's the reason I love it so much. Just having such a strong older sister who's just really trying her best and yeah. things are sort of falling apart and then she she doesn't want to give up because it would affect her sister and if you don't think that's oh the purest gosh. story ever you're wrong <laughs> weeping i'm here to cause tears that's my entire job coming on to restricted <laughs> section is to make christina cry it's working. Do you want to plug your podcast or your socials? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I host of The Eldest Gods with Charlie, our previous guest as well. We release every Thursday. We are next week. Well, I guess when you guys hear this, it'll be tomorrow. We are releasing chapters five and six of The Lightning Thief. And we are going to keep pushing through. Look out for some fun crossovers with restricted section as well as movie night yes. crew as we go forward come hear me rant a lot charlie went on some pretty <laughs> good rants for episode six but normally it's me yelling about the injustices <laughs> of the world and the fact that bullfighting is dumb um so that's what you can you can expect on of the oldest gods uh we we do some nerdy things i freak out about history charlie freaks out about the myths behind the chapters Listen, we didn't want to be half-bloods, 
If you're listening to this because you think you might be one, our advice? Stop listening to this podcast right now. Percy Jackson had the right idea when he told people to stop reading the books, detailing his adventures as a half-blood. But we didn't listen to his warnings. And that's why we started this podcast, Of the Eldest Gods, where we read books written by Rick Riordan and talk about how they affected us as kids and continue to as semi-adults. You can find us every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think we fooled them for a second there? God, I hope not. Bring on the monsters! We're making a podcast! <laughs> it's a good time. You can find us at Of the Eldest Gods Pod on Instagram and Of the Eldest Gods on Twitter. Uh, email us at Of the Eldest Gods Pod at Gmail. You can find me at Taylor from Cabin 6 on Instagram and Historical Femme on Twitter. That's F E M M E. I don't know how that wasn't taken before I took it. Yeah, really? That's an awesome handle. Yeah, so, yeah, follow me. You can get no posts from me ever. I just retweet the bot. <laughs> Come join us on the Discord. Uh, I spend... Please do. ...an obnoxious amount of time on Discord. <laughs> As do we all. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. This week, I'm going to plug an Etsy shop that I recently bought from. It's called Snagglefrack. <laughs> love it. Wow. I love that. They have a website. They're on Instagram. And like I said, they're on Etsy. They're linked in the show notes. And I recently bought um, me and Grace's coworker, Mike, a birthday present. And it was an enamel pen uh, featuring twerking Snape. You heard me right. And I also bought stickers of a twerking sprout, which I put on our Instagram story a week ago. And maybe I'll remember to do it today if someone reminds me when they listen to this episode. And the the, the image made Brooke message me and say something about it. she got pumpkins in there because her ass is fat in these stickers. So um, there's like sticker packets of all the heads of house. They're super cute. Snaggle frack. Carrie Bell illustration. Love it. Love it so much. I love all the really clever Harry Potter creators out there. <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. I really appreciate your coming on and talking about the Patronus with us. Yay, Taylor! I, I'm just always at the ready. <laughs> Wands <laughs> at the ready? Taylor's at the ready? <laughs> Wait, I have one final note. Okay. That I just have to make. I want to officially change my Patronus for the last time. My Patronus is Faye Dunbar's friend. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. I get that. Sean and I, the beginning of our relationship was a lot of video games. Just a little flirting over Mario Kart. <laughs> Tale as old as time. Have you ever heard the Mario Kart love song? Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Wait, I haven't thought about that song in like five years. Grace, have you heard it? No. I'm gonna send it to you because it's genuinely like a very touching love song and you and Sonny should like hold each other and oh. listen to it. I'm not even joking. It's like <laughs> so sweet and it's 100% about Mario. Okay, that is for sure oh linked in the show notes. <laughs>